Welcome back to another episode of E-Commerce Secrets to Scale, the podcast that helps you scale your e-commerce brand by delivering unique strategies and tactics that you can use to take your brand to the next level. This week on the show, Andy Janitis, CEO of PPC Pitbulls, joins me to talk about the importance of first-party data. First-party data is essential in e-commerce because it's data that you actually own and you can leverage it in any way that you'd like to. Collect as much of it as you can because it's a huge asset for your brand and it will help you grow long term. Welcome to the show, Andy. I'm really excited to have you. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tanner. Um, I'm Andy Janitis. I'm the CEO and Chief Account Strategist at PPC Pitbulls. Um, we're a digital marketing agency. We focus on e-commerce uh, clients specifically, um, what we call craft brands. So, um, you know, really just kind of passionate people making purpose-driven products. Um, and we primarily support with Google ads, um, digital marketing strategy more generally, um, and then also, uh, analytics and measurement, um, throughout your, uh, your kind of marketing, uh, workflow. That's awesome. So how did you get started in marketing and tell us the story about how you started your agency? Yeah. Um, so I kind of had a little bit of a circuitous route. I, I was an engineer in school. I, I came out of school with an industrial engineering um, degree, and I started in data science, um, kind of worked always at agencies for my whole career. But from data science, I moved to um, web development, uh, kind of building the interface for the tools that we um, that we were deploying as data scientists. Um, and then from there, I kind of got into product management and eventually digital marketing. So um, yeah, just kind of a, a number of years working for various agencies across a number of different roles. Um, but largely supporting, um, you know, really big clients, uh, either in the government space or just large um, uh, kind of commercial clients as well. Um, so that was one of the big things I was really focused on um, when I got into PPC Pitbulls was focusing in on those small to medium businesses and, you know, the type of people who are really passionate about, you know, what it is that they're doing on a day to day basis. Yeah, that's awesome. I know one of the biggest things that I regret is not getting agency experience before I started an agency. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, with that being said, going back, you know, was there anything that you would change about your career progression? You know, I I, I think if anything, I probably would have made the jump and started my own agency a little bit sooner. Um, just kind of getting into it, you know, it feels like it's, uh, I've, I've just been really passionate about being able to work with and, and support um, people directly. And I love that kind of person to person relationship. So um, yeah, I found it really rewarding and probably would have done this a little bit sooner. Um, that being said, I, I kind of feel like I, I did a lot of different things in my career that really set me up well to have, um, especially as we think about like Google ads, it's, it's nice to kind of have like a little bit on the data side, because that becomes really important. Um, and then we're also really focused on measurement and kind of understanding what's happening on the website. So kind of having a little bit of development experience helps there as well. Yeah, I think being a well-rounded marketer definitely makes a huge impact, right? Because, you know, we're kind of required to be strategists, creative people, and also data scientists, right? It's it's pretty crazy. And I'm sure that that leap to start your agency was like, 
pretty daunting, right? Um, I'm sure you had to figure a lot of things out. What were some of the main obstacles that you faced? Definitely. Um, you know, a lot of the the same things that that anybody focuses on early on, you know, getting your first clients in the door and, and trying to scale up. Um, but we also, so we started in 2020 and it was, you know, right before the pandemic started. And also my son uh, was born in May of 2020 as well. So it's kind of, uh, I kind of knew it going in, especially with, we're, we're starting the business with my son on the way, but, um, but yeah, it was definitely a pretty challenging year or so there kind of getting through, uh, COVID building a new client base and, and, you know, being a young father all at the same time. Yeah, that's crazy. I actually had a similar experience. So I, I had my agency as a side business for about two years before I quit my job and made the leap of faith. So I wasn't starting from nothing per se, but you know, it was uh, still in its infancy, but a week later, the pandemic broke out and that was a, yeah, that was, that was a crazy time to be alive. That's, that's for sure. Definitely. Definitely. I'm happy to have uh, kind of made it through a lot of those challenges. And, and they, and they make you so much stronger, right? Definitely. So today we're talking about first party data. I'm really excited to dig into this. I think this is going to be so, so, so important uh, this year, next year. It's becoming more and more important as time goes on. Uh, can you explain to the audience what first party data is and how it relates to third party data? Definitely. Yeah. So at a really high level, first party data is the information that a customer kind of willingly gives to you um, on your site and, and also that you own and collect yourself. So typically we know that as email data, right? So if a customer enters their email to a, uh, you know, sign up for a newsletter um, or to get, you know, a discount promo, enter their email to, to add to your list, um, that kind of email list is the, the primary source of what we would call first party data. Um, it's a little bit different from third party data where it's kind of information that you are going to glean from the customer, but just by the fact that they're interacting with your website and typically it's cookie based. So this is going to be um, basically, you know, when somebody hits your page, there's a cookie dropped in their browser and then you kind of know, um, you know, who they are as they browse various different sites or come back to your site and kind of build a little bit of a, a behavioral picture of the customer in that way. So I'm going to ask the golden question. Why is it so important for e-commerce brands to invest heavily in first-party data? Definitely. So first-party data has always been very important because, you know, it's the the one channel where you fully control the relationship with the customer, um, you know, whether you're reaching out to them via an email list. Um, but then also most of the third-party solutions are on individual platforms. Um, so, you know, if you have... Google ads cookied on your website and you find that, you know, hey, I'm building an audience list of people who previously visited my site or people who visited my site over the last 30 days. Um, not that I would expect Google to do it, but if Google ever says, hey, you know, we're just going to shut down that feature, now all of a sudden you've lost your list. Um, and that kind of goes for even in the social world, you know, if you're building your entire following on, um, you know, a, a LinkedIn or an Instagram or a Facebook, something like that. Um, you always kind of have that in the back of your mind that you don't truly control that list in the same way that you would control your email list. Um, and it's also just one of the best ways, as much as we you know, kind of complain about people getting emails in their inbox and you know getting just too many messages, when done right, um, it really is kind of the best way to kind of nurture a long-term relationship with the customer. I think the 
big thing that we hear about now and what makes it even more important is that a lot of that third-party data is going away. Um, so there's some big uh, changes coming down the line. The, the biggest one that everybody kind of has been buzzing about for a few years now is iOS 14, uh, made it much harder to track people on uh, Apple uh, machines. Um, but really, it's kind of across browser, across um, you know the, the platforms. I think Google has said sometime in 2024, they're going to um, sunset uh, third-party cookies in uh, Chrome as well. So um, type of thing that, you know, in the past you've been able to go into whether Facebook ads or Google ads, um, just say, hey, this is the type of customer I want to target. These are the types of behaviors that are important to me. Um, and then bam, they just go away and, and it kind of worked. Um, a lot of that targeting is getting a lot less effective with less and less third party data, which makes it just that much more important to really focus in on your uh, first party data. Right. Yeah, exactly. Third-party data is becoming consistently more unreliable as time goes on. And you made a great point about not just putting all your eggs in one basket and letting some giant social behemoth control your entire source of business, right? Um, in regards to, you know, who who follows your social media accounts, right? But even if they could shut you down and they, they will and they can, uh, maybe not maybe not happen to you but it can happen to someone else and it's definitely a threat right but your your list of followers is becoming less and less valuable to your business too because you can't even reach them because business pages in general are just getting less and less reach over time so it's it's more important than ever to come up with some tactics to convert the audience list that you don't own into a list that you do own. Definitely. Yeah. And I kind of think of it in, in two parts. I think that's the, the first part right there is, Hey, if I'm running paid ads or even through my organic work, if I'm driving traffic to my site, how am I making sure that I'm getting that first party data and collecting things? And one of the simplest things in the e-commerce world to do is, you know, Hey, 10% off your first purchase. If you enter your email, that kind of thing. Um, obviously, that's not applicable to every brand or that's not something that everybody can do. Um, but that's something we see a lot of. And then so that's kind of how you, OK, let's take the existing traffic that, that's coming in and go ahead and, and convert that so that we have you know a first party tracker on that or have the email that came out of that. Um, and then kind of moving the opposite direction, how can we repurpose that that first party list? So, hey, we've got this great email list. We you know have engaged customers. We have it segmented. We know something about the customers. Um, and the great thing is we can feed that back into a lot of these platforms um, and increase our targeting reach via you know, Google ads or Facebook ads um, or any of the ad platforms, really. Um, so we can actually kind of convert that first party data back to third party data um, and, and let those tools um, kind of, you know, allow us to do some of that targeting through the email data that we've already co uh, collected. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's actually like one of the few ways that you can reach a concentrated targeted audience on Facebook these days, right? Definitely. Yeah. Like lookalike audiences on Facebook um, and Google will call them similar to audiences um, or actually that's kind of changing a little bit the way they're managing that. But, um, but yeah, through both of those, you know, basically telling these platforms that, Hey, these are what I've seen as really good customers. Um, you know, go ahead and create a list of people that I can, can go out and target that, that look like these people. So yeah, there's a ton of buzz about you know iOS 14 and what that did to mostly Facebook uh, to you kind of lose their ability to you know use cookie data to improve campaign performance. But you know what do you think 
the the loss of third party cookies on Chrome is going to do? You know, what what impact do you think that's going to have on how we market our products today? Yeah. It's going to be a really interesting world. And I think, you know, the best thing you can do is, is make sure that you are collecting first party data and getting ready to use that. Um, but there are some other um, kind of technical solutions coming down the pipe, too. I know Facebook is is launching some some updated targeting that isn't entirely cookie based. And similarly on Google, um, once they remove third party from or block third party in Chrome, um, they have some different techniques that are going to aggregate the data a little bit more. Um, so still allow you to have some information about user behavior that isn't you know directly individual cookie based. Um, so I, I think in some of those ways, I'm, you know, we, we just went through all of the, you know, kind of dark and scary, like, hey, digital marketing is just going to stop working uh, in the in the upcoming months and years. But um, I think in reality, there are technical solutions on the way. Um, so definitely things that are already being integrated in some of the major ad platforms um, and also some some, you know, for lack of a better term, third party tools um, outside of some of these ad platforms that will give you back um, some of that targeting capability. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Facebook and Google are going to have to figure something else out, right? Because if they lose tracking altogether, I mean, their businesses are shot, right? So I'm sure, I'm sure something will surface there. Exactly. Yeah. And it's interesting. I, th- I think we're seeing less effective tracking, but at the end of the day, um, especially on the Google side, so much is intent driven. So while we'd like to have more and more of that targeting and more and more understanding of the client, um, at least we have the search intent um, still. So, you know, it's not going to necessarily completely kill on the Google ad side. Um, and even on the the Facebook side, there's a lot of information that's built into, um, you know, even if it's not necessarily cookie based, it's activities that somebody's taking while they're inside their Facebook account, while they're logged in. So it's, you know, kind of similar in some ways where where the, the platform does know what this person is doing as they use the tool. Right. They're just not able to follow them around and you know, understand <laughs> every action they take on every website and app on their phone, right? Which is pretty crazy that they got away with doing that for as long as they did, right? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Well, what'll be interesting too, and, and I guess it kind of gets to the ethical question of tracking. I'm curious if we'll see more opt-in at some point as, you know, the effectiveness of targeting goes down. That also means that, you know, the relevance of ads ads are going to typically go down. So, you know, at some point, you know, if you think back to the earlier days of the internet where you had these like terrible banner ads that had nothing to do with you and were probably for, you know, illegal businesses and different things like that. um, You know, if we ever get to a point where we kind of start moving back in that direction where everything is just spread shop marketing, um, I, I would imagine that there will be some some opportunity to kind of opt in and say, hey, I'm willing to allow you to track me in these very specific ways if it means that I'm going to get more relevant advertising content. Yeah, and that's a point that most people don't think about. And it's funny how you only hear marketers bring up that point, right? Because like, <laughs> we're like, yeah, like the tracking isn't so bad, right? You get relevant ads. And the problem is... Uh, Apple just positioned it in a way that made it like, oh man, like why on earth would I let Facebook track my every move, right? They didn't paint the full picture. Exactly. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's really interesting in that there, there is good and bad to it. Um, 
Now, I like the conversation too around kind of the value of the data. And I think that might be a solution we see in the future where, hey, we still use something, probably will never be cookies again, but something similar to that solution, um, you know, but you have the ability to control where your data goes and maybe even get paid for, you know, hey, if, if Google or Facebook is making money off of the ads that are getting served to me, why don't I get a little cut of that if I'm, you know, opting in to allow them to serve me these ads? That is an interesting concept. And I like it a lot. Uh, I get, I could definitely see that happening. Um, could be a nice little revenue source for people. And I think Google and Facebook might just get desperate enough to explore that. as an option. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure but, they'll, they'll find a, find plenty of ways to not do that first. <laughs> but I feel like Facebook is still tapping into a lot of third party data sources right now because my wife is signed into my Google account on her phone and all she gets is marketing ads and hosting ads and all this stuff. So it's like, you know, where do the dots connect there? I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what's going on under the hood. Definitely. Yeah. I think there, there's, there is other sources, not quite as clear as, you know, Hey, tracking all of a sudden stopped for Facebook. Yeah, for sure. So Andy, what would you say your secrets to scale are? You know, the biggest thing, and, and this is funny, I'm sure you have a similar uh, situation in your agency where people come and they say, hey, let's run Google ads, let's run Facebook ads, whatever it is, or even, you know, hey, we're working on SEO, but they don't necessarily have, they're, they're very tactically driven, but they don't necessarily have a clear goal in mind of like, well, what are we trying to get out of this? What's the, you know, kind of what is the, the profitability that I'm going to be able to get out? I mean, a big step to that is being able to measure what's happening on your website. So, um, Maybe it's kind of a cop out to give you two answers, but I'd say that the two biggest things you can do is make sure that your website is set up. There's a really simple free Google Analytics is a, a really simple way to do that um, so that you understand when people make a purchase, where they came from, um, you know, what they did uh, uh, on your site, which pages they visited um, before making purchases. Um and which channels ultimately are being most profitable for you. Um, and then having a really clear um intention in mind and a really clear goal. Um, of what you're trying to get out of a given uh, a given channel as you're starting something up or as you're trying uh, as you're starting to get get um, you know working on a, any particular marketing um, strategy, make sure you understand why you would use that particular strategy and, and kind of how you'll assess its effectiveness um, once you get it running. Yeah, I'll say that the prospects that come to me and they ask for a very specific channel who knows how they got that thought into their head of like why they want SEO versus anything else. Or, you know, they may say, Oh no, I don't want paid ads. I just want SEO or, Oh no, I just want paid ads, but it has to be on Facebook. I would argue, I would encourage anyone listening to this to just go into talking to an agency with an open mind, see what they have to offer you. Don't tell them what you want. Tell them your goals. Cause that's the most important part is, communicating what you want that outcome to be and let them decide how realistic it is and let them come up with a plan that's going to help you because you probably don't understand the channels as well as you think you do and how they work together. Definitely. I think that's a, a good way to summarize it. So Andy, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this interview with me today. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you think might benefit the audience? Um. You know, I think that that I love that last question, secrets to scale, but those are it's really the biggest thing is just making sure that you're tracking all of the behavior that's coming into your into your website. I'm sorry, I don't know if you hear my uh, dog whining in the background. Maybe that's a uh, question that you didn't ask is what, what what's that noise going on? Um, but yeah, that's, I you know, get everything measured. 
um, and and make sure that you have more than just hey, I want sales. It's it's what is the clear goal? Is it a new geography? Is it new customers versus existing customers? We want to do more retargeting, whatever it is. Um, all of those things are going to yield different strategies for you. So just make sure you understand where you're going. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great point. And you know, look look long term. You know, focusing on short term wins is only going to set you back. Uh, good marketing takes time, but you know, you really should be investing for the long-term growth of your brand. And the only way to do that is to have patience and, you know, make sure you're strategic and you have your eye on the prize and you're, you got this North star and you have a strategy that, you know, has, at least has the potential to get you there. Definitely. So Andy, what's a great way for anyone listening to get in contact with you? Well, I'm always on LinkedIn, so feel free to follow me or even just direct message me there or come to ppcpitbulls.com. Um, you can even set up a free strategy session. Um, we'll take 30 minutes to kind of get to know you and your business and, and those specific goals and kind of walk through, um, you know, kind of you'll leave with some some good insights of what you can do um, in your marketing plan more generally um, to uh, get more sales and more customer relationships online. And who doesn't want that? Everyone go check out, <laughs> go follow Andy on LinkedIn, check out PVC Pitbulls. Uh, we'll link that up in the show notes. And thank you again, Andy. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Do you have an e-commerce brand that you're trying to grow? I run a digital agency that helps e-commerce brands scale by giving equal attention to both acquisition and retention marketing. With rising customer acquisition costs, maximizing the value of your existing customers is much more important than overspending on ads to acquire new ones. We can help you maximize your customer lifetime value. Just head over to ringsey.com, that's R-A-N-K-S-E-Y.com, and request a free audit of your CLV today. You have nothing to lose.